Hello, listeners. This show contains some bad words like the F-U-C-K word. That spells fuck, by the way. Please listen responsibly. Countrymen, Al Pacino, for whatever reason, <laughs> beer me your ears. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And this is Beer Me a Movie. It is the podcast where me and Brian go back and forth, bearing each other a movie, surprising each other week after week. We have no idea what we're ever going to talk about the next week. I, I, I am drinking heavily for this one because, uh, <laughs> Brian? I, I did a dirty. and You did, um, a, you did a dirty. I'm going to hold this glass up. Um, yeah. I think that's, drink with me. Hey, Cheers. Cheers, because today we are talking about Jack and Jill from 2011, directed by fuckhead Dennis Dugan, written by fuckhead Steve Corrent and fuckhead Adam Sandler. Brian, (laughs) this is your pick. What is wrong with you? Uh, I got to keep you on your toes. You did it. Yeah. You did uh, that. The the last thing I want to become is predictable. (laughs) All right. I felt like this was such an easy left field. Uh, you know, no, 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 no. So you're saying left field and this is not left field because we talked about an absolute banger last week with ET. And what you've done is you've taken us to university of Texas, Austin. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's underneath their football stadium. What's that? A fucking body farm. And that's where you've brought us is to the body farm. There is just decaying things everywhere. We're watching things die and we're just clocking how long it takes them to deteriorate. As we watch. And I can tell you how long it took me. 33 minutes. 33. Because I sent you a picture. It was the first break I took in this movie going, surely this must be over. And the picture was of a whiskey glass and Drano. Sure was. I hadn't watched the movie yet when you sent that. So that was really exciting for me. (laughs) So what was going through your head at the 33 minute mark where I died? Uh, I was probably enjoying myself, actually. And now that's going to lead me to this question. Uh, Give me your thoughts on the movie. Because have you seen this before? Yeah, honestly, can't remember. Okay, because I can't imagine a sane human being watching it twice. this voluntarily to watch it twice <laughs> in their lives. I don't think I've actually seen the movie before this, but I do think I've seen the closing scene before this. And okay. that is something that we will eventually talk about. It absolutely is. I typically don't hate things, and I don't fully hate this movie, but I mostly hate this movie. I feel like I mostly also hate this movie and i laughed a few times and that hurt the most i I caught myself giggling on a couple (laughs) of occasions and went damn it they got me they did and that's like such an embarrassing thing like when jill comes into the picture like oh you got a new (laughs) shandalia i like the old one better Uh, (laughs) like i don't know why it broke me man it it broke me yeah and then of course your classic slapstick stuff where you know people are getting knocked over and Poop jokes. Then so many poop and fart jokes. <laughs> and I don't sweat know what jokes. I was thinking. <laughs> so many sweat jokes. Do you just want to get into this thing, man? I uh, I feel like I, the sooner. I think I'm actually having an aneurysm live. Is that a first? A podcast first? Someone having an aneurysm live? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. You know what? Let's claim it and look into it. <laughs> Never. Put a flag in it. <laughs> yes, this is the first live aneurysm on in the podcast medium. Google it, or We've don't. Just believe it. us. Just, uh, you could change Google, I think, right? You, you can change, change Jimmy or anything, realistically. <laughs> go on Twitter. 
You can even change. Really? Is it a change right now? <laughs> <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, Twitter's not even going to be a thing anymore, Dave. Wait a dinky it's true. episode. I, so sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that like it could happen tomorrow. It could happen tomorrow. It might happen tomorrow. It might have happened already for all I know. <laughs> that That's right. This. We've been talking for five minutes. Twitter could be already gone. It could be completely gone. Speaking of editable websites, Wikipedia, that is where we pull our first category from, the story motivation. Jack Saddlestein, played by Adam Sandler, is a successful Los Angeles advertising executive. He and his wife, Erin, played by Katie Holmes, have a daughter, Sophia. Also living with them is Gary. <laughs> wow! A, a Hindu boy who they adopted at birth and who has a habit of compulsively taping various objects to his own body. Adoption shame much, Wikipedia? Right, also living with them. Holy hell. Yeah, they have a biological daughter, and then they have some fuckhead Hindu kid who they found and adopted him at 10 <laughs> days old, and he tapes shit to himself. He lives with them, too. This kid's adorable. <laughs> He's amazing. He might be my favorite part of the favorite movie. Favorite part of the movie. No, second favorite part of the movie. Um, Fair. But, oh man, I love him. I love him so much. I'm so sorry he's uh, not by birth child. Wikipedia, <laughs> what the fuck? The Wiki- this Wikipedia plot synopsis, by the way, is, I feel like it does a poor job of selling an already hard to sell movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Jack wants counseling for Gary to break the boy's addiction. We're really f- focusing on Gary right we now. We are. Like, this isn't a thing. This is not a part of the plot. No, this is not important <laughs> at all to anything that happens in the movie, and I don't even remember this happening. No, because the entire first scene where we find out that Jack is an advertising executive, he's directing a commercial. With Regis Philbin. Pepto-Bismol. And, Pe- and Regis is pissed off that the colon has all the good lines, the puppet right. colon. And Nick Swartzen is, is being anti-Semitic, you know? It's- of course. But comedically. But comedically so, right. And they're trying to get Al Pacino to do a Dunkin' Donuts Dunkachino ad. Exactly. That's the plot. That it has is... nothing to do with Gary. That's right. But let's talk about Gary a little bit longer because <laughs> okay. Wikipedia wants to. <laughs> Jack wants counseling for him, but Aaron won't hear of this. She views Gary's behavior as the very thing which makes him unique. Parent in denial. All right. It sounds like it's going to be a movie about Gary at this point. It might be. Jack and Jill and Gary. Jack's unemployed twin sister, Jill, played by Adam Sandler, has been living alone in their working-class New York City neighborhood since the death of their mother. She visits Jack for Thanksgiving, with plans to stay until after Hanukkah, much to Jack's horror. That's a long visit, and he doesn't want her there to start. And right. she is a lot. She, I think that's the only way to really that put it. That is the She's best way to put it. She's a lot. Now, I'm going to ask you a loaded question here, Brian. Yeah. Because Adam Sandler is playing Jack and Jill. That's right. He's clumping it. He is trying to clump it, yes. I really like Jill as a character, despite how annoying she is. She's like over the top in enough yes. of a way. But Jack is the one I'm just like, dude, Jack's you a suck. He's, you he's the suck. worst. Like, you're supposed to think he's the worst. But, but there's nothing redeeming about it because you see the same person playing two different sides. And Yeah. Oh, God. And... and Adam Sandler should never cast himself as the straight man in anything. No, it doesn't work. Jill, who has an open-ended plane ticket, annoys her brother at Thanksgiving dinner, where she also embarrasses a homeless guest. <laughs> it's Alan Covert. Alan fucking Covert. Absolutely. the role as Otto from Happy Gilmore. I love how he's just sitting there, just 
eating and Jill is just silently whispering to everybody. <laughs> but not all, silently at all. Those are sitting there. <laughs> and I like how she's so much that he excuses himself from Thanksgiving <laughs> to go back to being homeless. Yeah, I'm just going to go home-less. <laughs> and then he just kind of hangs out in their yard for the rest of the In a tree movie. in the woods. <laughs> he pops in every now and then, and it's so good. It's great. I, we, this is, you know what? This is a perfect time to state this. Me and Brian have a rule that we live by when talking about movies. It's that you have to celebrate the bad while tearing down the good. Not every movie's complete shit. Not every movie is perfect. Like the best ones, there's something wrong. The worst ones, there's something redeeming. Exactly. We found something redeeming already. We did. We and silver it was, linings it was this fucking garbage <laughs> pile of a movie. Hey, we have a lot of celebrating to do today. That's a good point. Also, at Thanksgiving dinner are Aaron's parents. Sure, not adopted. Not adopted. I don't, I don't know why I feel like I need to say that. <laughs> Aaron is like hardly in this movie, but Katie Holmes is still like second build. That's just having a good agent. It's just like, hey, here's here's Katie Holmes. She's in the movie because Adam Sandler's dickhead character needs a wife. That's right. In 2011, when Katie Holmes was a thing. <laughs> I don't even know if she still was in 2011. <laughs> I don't know. The Saddlestein twins attend a celebration given in their honor by the staff of Jack's advertising company. Now, that is a oversimplification because it's a birthday party for yeah. Jack and Jill just happens to still be in LA. I think it's LA. So yeah. So she comes along with him and uh, that is the celebration in their honor. I love that they just skipped the whole movie. The whole like, thing. Bravo. Wikipedia. <laughs> so much. But I'm Gary. looking at like what's written here. It's like, no, there's so much to happen still. But I love that. They're like, Hey, Let's focus on Gary a lot and then skip the actual movie. So they have this big ass birthday cake and Jill's upset because mom and dad always got us two birthday cakes. Like there's clear trauma here yeah. that no one is addressing in this movie. Yeah. It's really hard to hate her. It is hard to hate her, but it's as also, easy as it is. It's, it's really hard easy to, to hate her. <laughs> she means well. Right. She's just a lot. Her heart's as big as her dick because it's played by a man. Right. Who's very exactly. clearly being a man. That's <laughs> in a dress with boobs. Yes, because we will find another one later in the movie who's yes, actually pulling it off way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we'll get there too. Jill disgraces herself, her brother, and his colleagues until she is asked to leave her own party. Never happens. <laughs> That's not in the movie. No, no, it's not. She leaves all on her own. Yes. A day later, Jill's obnoxious conduct gets Jack and his family banned from their local movie theater. Also not true. They they all leave on their own. They all just leave because Jack's being a dick. Because Gary's like, hey, you and Jill are alike. And he's like, no, we're not. Yeah, but then Jill answers her phone and talks loudly. That's a good point. Theater, I forgot so all about that because that's uh, I was dead at that point. <laughs> you had drank the Drano. Do you want to know what's worse about this? Is you know what I did directly after watching Jack and Jill? I'm afraid to ask. I went to go see Wakanda Forever. <laughs> and by me saying I went to go see Wakanda Forever, I saw the first half of it, and then I woke up, and the um, movie was over. <laughs> so so you saw all of Jack and Jill. And yeah, missed and half I, of Wakanda I was so Forever. exhausted that I fell asleep in that big comfy chair for Wakanda Forever. And I can successfully say I've still never seen a Black Panther movie in theaters. Well, the first time I saw Black Panther was on an airplane, and that didn't go well. And then this one, I was really into it, and then I, I was out and taught like a light. Yeah, well, give it a couple months, it'll be on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> exactly. 
It's definitely worthy of a big screen, though. So. Oh, I bet. Jack and Jill's ruining my life, though. Mission accomplished. Bravo. You can't have the really good, the really high highs without the really low lows, Dave. I'm just it's trying to It's true, or else it's just all going to be status quo. Exactly. Jill goes through a list. She has compiled of things to do in Southern California. Being a contestant on The Price is Right. Going horseback riding. In parentheses, Wikipedia makes sure to tell you. She breaks the horse's back just by <laughs> sitting on it. Which is a funny scene, too, because she wants to ride this horse so badly. And the horse man's just like, nah, bro, you're too heavy for it. She goes, no, I'm not. And she gets on it, and this horse just collapses. She goes, he was right, I was too heavy. <laughs> and the legs are just sticking straight out it's of this so pony's funny, body. Though. She just killed I hated little how funny it was. Any other movie surrounded by other things that don't suck? Proper funny. Absolutely. And the last thing on her list is touring a studio. And I don't remember that part at all. I don't think she does that. She does go on prices, right? And she gets her ass knocked out by the big wheel, though. <laughs> she does. She knocks herself out with the big wheel, and they just give her prizes. They're like, get yep. her out of here. <laughs> Deciding that Jill needs a partner, Jack and the kids teach her how to use an online dating site. However, being Jill, all right, Wikipedia, <laughs> she fails miserably in her efforts to find a boyfriend. Well, that's when Adam Sandler, Jesus, I can't say, that's when Jack gets involved and he goes on to Craigslist and he creates the creepiest thing that you could do to your sister. That is 100% the creepiest thing you could do to your sister. Like, do you want to get boned by a really flexible, sexy masseuse? (laughs) Here's her dating profile. It's like, she's hot. And then he has like a flashback to the sweat in the bed from where she was sleeping. He's really using words in a fun way here. And Gary's watching, because of course he is. Oh, yeah. Gary's like, you're terrible, Dad. And he's like, I know. Don't tell anyone. It's so bad. It's, oh, God. One guy calling himself Fun Bucket, Norm McFucking Donald. Oh, I was so happy to see him. I was ecstatic, I think is the word. I was so happy that Norm, had, well, I mean, you guys heard our first episode. Norm was here. <laughs> he was here. I couldn't believe we got him. He's a hard get these days. So look at this, episode three, Norm's back. How about that? Fun Bucket meets Jill at a swanky restaurant, but sneaks out after only a few minutes with her. Well, he says he has to go to the bathroom. This is after she just keeps talking, says she wants to do 21 questions. And she goes to the bathroom, and he's not there, except he is. He's just hanging by a light. I didn't know how much I needed in my life Norm MacDonald clinging to a ceiling light. Yeah, uh, it was annoying, because how do you miss that? But also, it's Norm McFucking Donald. How annoying could it possibly be? Exactly. Forgiven on account of Norm. Exactly. How's about Wikipedia gets to the actual plot of the movie now? Finally. (laughs) Jack's agency client, meanwhile, wants him to get actor Al Pacino to appear in a Dunkin' Donuts commercial, thus promoting a new coffee called the Dunkachino. Wikipedia, the Dunkachino is not new. It is not new. In 2011, it was probably one of their oldest things on the menu. Yep. Pretty much like in the 70s, someone went, coffee, hot chocolate, boom, Al Pacino. What? That's an Al Pacino. I get it. It's got Chino in the name. So they're like, you know what we should do? Let's get Al. Sure. What's he doing these days? Not much. Jack takes Jill to a Lakers game with Pacino in attendance. He's just hanging out with Johnny Depp because this movie is like cameos. This movie is all cameos. And some of them are fun. (laughs) This one is kind of fun. Johnny Depp's hysterical in this scene. Johnny Depp is very good. And he's wearing a Justin Bieber shirt. And I'm like, okay, yes. But then you have Al Pacino who's wearing a beard because he wants to be incognito. And 
instantly on the Jumbotron, he pops up with Al Pacino. <laughs> so good. In the worst way possible. Yep. <laughs> Pacino ignores Jack, but is infatuated with Jill. It turns out Pacino and Jill grew up on the same street in New York City. Obviously, the twins grew up on the same street. What is yep. happening here? I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> he's like obsessed that she's from the Bronx. Oh, she's real. She's my people. I hope she doesn't turn out to be a hua. <laughs> there it is. Pacino gives Jill his phone number via hot dog. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and invites- it's written on the bun ketchup. <laughs> it's so- <laughs> This movie is so ridiculous. It you is. have to laugh at some parts. You just, have to. Just to get through it. Yes, absolutely. You're dedicating 90 minutes of your life to this. You might as well try to enjoy it. And I feel like that's what Al Pacino did the whole time they were he shooting had a it. Ball. Nobody's having more fun in this movie than Al Pacino. You're going to pay me how much? <laughs> really? Who are? Pacino invites Jill to his home, yet for some reason, in parentheses, being Jill, she has <laughs> no interest in Wikipedia, him. The shade. <laughs> she has no interest in him whatsoever, and promptly departs. Good, good for her. Good for her. She's got. She knows what she wants. She's got her standards. Not sure what they are because it's just. We're never going to learn them. It's apparently just that they exist. Not Al Pacino. That's right. Her, that's her line. Jack's Mexican gardener Felipe, played by Eugenio Derbez. Oh, he's terrific. He's so good. I wasn't going to give him the fucking, but then again, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. It's one of those weird catchphrases that I actually found hysterical in this movie. It caught on so well. It's just so damn charming. He is an absolute sweetheart, and I love him. It's so good. I also love that the same actor is playing his grandmother. They lean in heavy on the grandmother. Being just weird and creepy. And then she gets her ass kicked, like Scott Sterling (laughs) style, by everything at this picnic. I think the hardest I laughed at this movie was when Jill hits her off of her chair while doing the pinata. <laughs> that was up there. I absolutely lost it. And I was like, damn it. It's the, the physical humor. She just like get falls old. back. It's just like beautiful. It's old perfect. people getting hit with stuff. I didn't know that was the thing that I, I needed. Dennis Dugan can do one thing right. It's that. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> So Felipe is also smitten with Jill, and he takes her to meet his family at their annual fiesta. And there she tries Mexican food for the very first time, which is, I don't know how, but she's gone this long without going to Taco Bell. Sure. Seems like she had bad parents. And she's like still mourning them. And if my parents ever took me to Taco Bell, I wouldn't fucking mourn them for a second. I'd be like, after I had like delicious food. That'd be the, the last trip I'd take to their grave after having Taco Bell. Because I'd be like, you never took me here, mom and dad. It's a shame you got <laughs> killed in Crime Alley. Or something. Sorry about that guy who shot you and stole your pearls, but I just had a cheesy gordita crunch, and well, I'm going to consider that vengeance. It's been a Baja blast, Mom and Dad. <laughs> but I gotta go. Gotta, gotta crunch wrap it up. Hoo-ah! <laughs> uh, it's been real, Mom and Dad, but the Mexican pizza is back for a limited time only. <laughs> Whose fries are these? Nacho fries. <laughs> that was the easy one. <laughs> also, has there been a menu item in the history of time that has gone away and come back more than nacho fries? The McRib, yeah. 
Yeah, but I'm talking in a timeline. Like over time, the McRib has left and come back, but it's annual. Sure. I feel like nacho fries leave and come back five times a year. But no one notices any of those times. It's like, hey, nacho fries are back. We're like, did they leave? I didn't even I have never been tempted to order them. The well, one thing that hurt me the most that did leave was the cheesy fiesta potatoes. Yeah. And that used to come in like the smallest little carton and it was delicious. And then they're like, oh, they're back. And then I ordered it as like my side. And now it's a fucking meal. Apparently, oh, <laughs> like really? it is a full potato in there. They just and went, not just. Oh, man. You like you like your Fiesta potatoes? Well, guess what? Let's see how much you like these Fiesta. <laughs> so much like eating an entire new order of Fiesta potatoes. Jill comes down with severe diarrhea. <laughs> Which makes her even more difficult to live with than usual. Well, she's going up the stairs after she gets home, and she's being, uh, like, real coy about it, and they finally get out. She's like, I got the Hershey squirts. I gotta go. <laughs> and then after she leaves the bathroom, Jack is just opening all the doors to the outside. And holding candles and, and stuff. And she's like, what's wrong? And he's like, nothing. It's fine. What are you saying? It's like the longest poop joke ever. It's a messy poop joke, for sure. It sure is. Pacino refuses to do the Dunkachino commercial unless Jack gets him another date with Jill. This forces Jack to invite Jill on a cruise, which he was planning just for his immediate family. Sounds like a horrible time. I hear cruises are awful. I have no plan to ever go on one. I've never been on a cruise, but I don't think they seem that bad. What do you, why not? I don't know. I just, uh, seems like fun. You just like sweating with the oldies. That's what you're into, so that would check out. I mean, I'm not against it. You hear Richard that, Richard Simmons is a saint. <laughs> oh God! Are we not talking about the the workout tape? We we're not. We we were not. But uh, there was uh, the typo man in this movie, though. That's right, the typo. Not to mention Jared Fogel. Oh, that aged horribly. And also Vince Offer, the the slap chop guy, the Shamlow guy. Right. That it was the weirdest. That was the birthday party scene. That was the birthday party scene, and it was just like one after another. Like, what canceled person can we get in here next? Oh God, they just went like rapid fire though. Like, oh, she's talking to Jared, and Jared's like, you know, I eat more than just these sandwiches. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't know how you lose weight. Wait, eating ten of these sandwiches a day. He's like, I don't eat that many. Do you have any other hobbies, Jared? It's funny because she makes a comment about the two young girls he's hanging out with, too. Is that a hard drive in your pocket, Jared, or are you just happy to see me? There's so many other people in this movie that I'm just waiting to get canceled now. <laughs> if you're in Jack and Jill, you deserve it. <laughs> you better keep keep your head on a swivel if you were in Jack and Jill. <laughs> I'm talking to you, McEnroe. He's, I think, cancel-proof. I'm pretty sure he's Teflon. Th- he must to be stuff. at this point. What are you saying? I got to keep my head on a swivel. <laughs> you know what? I take it back immediately because if there's anybody that will hear this and get mad about it, it's him. You're probably right. And I, I just don't need that kind of energy in my life. <laughs> That's true. No one does. So Jill insists on bringing her pet cockatoo, Poopsie, along for the trip, despite the cruise line's strict no pets policy. And this cockatoo gets like drowned in a chocolate fountain type thing sure does loved it it's great <laughs> this cockatoo by the way has been in the entire movie and i don't know now why wikipedia is like oh we gotta talk about poopsie for a second well i think they're gonna talk about poopsie because like the twins have like their own little secret language that they talk in all the time and it's poopsie like fits right in with it because 
was it Jack who's called like Pogogo or something like Pogogo, that? Pogogo, yeah, and and the other, the other one, Pon. I don't know. I don't. I don't care. Pontoon either, boat. I don't know. <laughs> it's silly. It's just it's another all thing. Silly. It's, it's another thing. Okay. Adam Sandler noises. Poopsie also has its own catchphrase. Where were you? Yeah, it's which is oh god, that you just deserves the worst. You, you smiled a little bit though. I saw it. Yeah, in my at, heart. At the I where did. were you? Because I'm imagining the bird getting drowned in chocolate fountain again. That is the best part of the bird's story. Absolutely. That's, the bird's arc is complete with the, with the chocolate fountain. <laughs> it is. Throughout the voyage, Jill and Poopsie continue to irritate and offend everyone except Sophia, Gary, and their mom, Aaron. I don't know why Wikipedia was like, let's name the kids this time, but not Katie Holmes. Make sure you name Gary, though. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't Sophia... Aaron and the adopted kid. <laughs> when Jill keeps refusing to give Pacino another chance with her, Jack disguises himself as his sister and meets the actor. Oh, man, how meta. I can't believe this happened in this movie. I, I did not see this coming from a mile away at all. Nope, I didn't. This is super surprising, this twist. This was the most surprising, I'd say. Jill... Hearing Pacino's voice in the background of a phone call with her brother, learns that she was invited just so Pacino would do the commercial. And it's a bummer. It's a big time bummer. Because she was just starting to believe that he wanted her around, and then she figured it out, and she's like, oh, I'm upset. So dejected, she returns home to New York City. She sure does. Come on, Poopsie, we gotta get out of here. I can't have you getting Augustus glooped all over again. (laughs) Feeling guilty, Jack follows her along with Aaron and the kids. It's that easy to get off a cruise ship, apparently. Apparently. I mean, this is the third time Jack's left the ship. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, are there no rules to the ship? I don't know. It's You can just hover your helicopter over it and send down a, a ladder if you want, or you can just bounce halfway through the cruise. This is Al Pacino for Royal Caribbean. <laughs> are you feeling... Saucy, do you want to get on a boat and maybe get off? Come on down to Royal Caribbean. The Kumite is leaving tomorrow. <laughs> Let's all go for a dip in the chocolate fountain. <laughs> Are you my baby, Sass? <laughs> Stay tuned for a Christmas episode. <laughs> Not that movie, that actor. 100% right. Did you just mix up your tenacious D's and your walk hards? For a hot second, I did. Man, I don't know how you followed this movie then with Jack and Jill, and which is which? Well, there's Jack Black and Jill. That would have been a choice to have Jack Black play Jack. And Jill. And no, and have Adam Sandler just stay as Jill. Jill? I feel like then at least you'd match energy a little bit. Yeah, it's harder to pull off that they're twins at that point, though. Then don't! Just Just make them siblings. Fraternal. Putting Jack in, in makeup to be Jill would be a harder sell. I feel like Pacino would see right through that. But do a mask scene. It's fun and funny. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to waste my brain sold. power <laughs> trying to make this movie better. I'm just not. There are way better ways to spend your time. Jill arrives back in the Bronx on New Year's Eve, only to discover that the bank has taken away her mother's house. This is because Jill kept throwing away numerous bills, which she thought were junk mail. Yeah, that's not great. The now homeless Jill encounters a group of former schoolmates led by class bully Monica, (laughs) who is played by, I shit you not, David Spade. And the reason I say I shit you not is because it took me half the scene to be like, 
Is that David Spade? It sounds like David Spade. Holy shit, David Spade. That is David Spade. The only thing missing is a Rob Schneider joke. Oh, there it is. (laughs) So Jill runs into all of them at a restaurant on New Year's Eve. And then Jack, Aaron, and their kids show up. And the two siblings reconcile by conversing in their made-up twin language, which is such a sellout move. It is. It really, really is. Like it was really disappointing. I was like, ah, like this is this is the moment of the movie where we're supposed to actually like Jack for the first time. And no, this is shit. They took it away from us, the redeeming quality of the they're character. Like, they're just speaking in, in poopsie language or whatever it is. It's right. When Monica attacks Aaron For reasons. She's cold cocked by Oh, because because uh, David Spade dated Adam Sandler, apparently, oh, like in right. high school or something, and David Spade's saying- <laughs> I like that sentence. Clearly, you settled for, like, second best or whatever. Proper funny. <laughs> and David Spade has this crazy, like, cutout dress with a belly oh, button. Right insane. <laughs> it's absolutely insane, and I love it. Pacino arrives in character as Don Quixote, who he is currently portraying in a Broadway production of Man of La Mancha. And he's like- sticking his spear thing into the fan like it's a windmill yeah so good it's pacino just leans in pacino is having so much fun and i'm the only reason i'm having fun is because pacino is yeah he tells jill that while he still has feelings for her there is another man more worthy of her than himself so she goes home to find felipe and his children where they begin a relationship And this is wild because when they go back to the house, there's like snow everywhere, but not here, not Not, in this one house that like cleared it, it's all green, and the pool is open, and the pool was open before too, which is even weirder, but- I did not realize that the pool was open. Yeah, the whole time, it was strange, and the pool's in the front yard, and that's got to be a a weird thing too, like if you're in the Bronx, strangers have fucked in your pool. For sure. If it's in the front yard. If you got a front yard pool. (laughs) I thought there was like a- Felipe's kids were like clearing the yard so Felipe could do the landscaping. It was like that a, it? I, like I'm not going to try to put it together. Well, look, I, I love you because I, I made a heart topiary in your front yard after How shoveling touching. away all of the snow. <laughs> okay. This movie, man, I don't know. Don't think about it. Yeah. The television commercial gets made with Pacino starring and singing a rap song. About Dunkachino. About He's Dunkachino. singing and dancing. <laughs> He's singing, dancing, and dropping references to all of his movies. And when he finally sees the commercial, he completely disapproves of it and says to burn every copy. It's so funny. It's so good. It's so deadpan. He's just like, never, ever show this to anybody. <laughs> burn every copy. But that right there is Jack and Jill. That's it. That's the movie. From somehow 2011. For better or worse. Also, uh, Bruce Jenner is in this movie. Yep. Before, no lines. Before transitioning. But, uh, he's just in the background at one point, and they point him out, and there he is. Uh, this is terrible. This movie. <laughs> I want to say it's trying, but I don't even think it is. So, story and motivation. That's what we got to focus on right, right now. Right. The story. I don't know. and uh, The story I do know, but they also take it away from us at the end. They immediately the take it away as for. soon as, yeah. The motivation I don't understand. Well, I kind of, I understand I, I Jack's motivation. Yeah, is, he wants Pacino. He wants Pacino. I don't Pacino. understand Jill. She just wants to be close to her brother. Right. After the parent's death. But it's like so poorly done all around. I'm going to go with a one. I think it's a one. I mean, it told a story. Exactly. It just annoyed me a lot. Next up, we have casting. What Adam Sandler's a lot. Two is. Two is too many. And, and you can tell they knew that two 
Adam Sandler's was too many because one of the Adam Sandler's isn't being Adam Sandler. Right, right. And of course, all of Adam Sandler's friends are here because every single one of them cannot make a movie without them. I cannot reward Adam Sandler any points at all. I can get behind Gary. I can get behind Felipe. I can get behind Al Pacino. Yeah, I can also get behind Norm Macdonald and even David Spade. So what are you thinking? Three? Fine. And that feels generous, if I'm being <laughs> it feels honest. so generous. If you had said anything under five, I would have probably agreed. Like, not even to mention that Katie Holmes is just in the movie. She, she is. She's just she there. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't talk to anybody. She has no character arc. She's just there. Right. It's a bad look. It's not a good one. Protagonist. Is it Jack? Is it Jill? It's, it's got to be one of them, right? I don't think it does. They're the I, I titular mean, I characters. I think they set up Jill to be the antagonist, but at the same time. But she's more likable. Al Pacino might be the antagonist? Yeah, maybe. I mean, There he, also might not be an antagonist? I mean, they might be all antagonists, honestly. <laughs> That's also fair. Oops, all antagonists. Uh, well, in that case, the zero. Pro- zero. Protagonist is Done. us. <laughs> you want to go zero, zero? Let's go. Because we can't figure it out. We're going zero. An antagonist. I feel like this entire movie is the antagonist. (laughs) It's working against us actively. Yeah. One for Al Pacino. One for Al Pacino. I like it. We give it the Al Pacino bump. As it deserves. Screenplay. Do you want to go negative? I think we might have to. I can't believe there is one. Because it's just, there's a lot of fun jokes in here. And certain characters have their... Their bit and their their one liners, but like overall, this this script is is nothing to write home about. And when you get to your climactic moment, to do it all in twin speak is such a cop out. What are you thinking? Negative one. That's fine. I was thinking negative two, but I don't negative know if, one. I don't know if we can fine. go farther than negative one because okay, so negative now, one is like the ultimate punishment. Yeah, we'll say that <laughs> until we get something worse than Jack and Jill. But right, I'm right, not holding my breath. <laughs> This is good, though. You said you wanted to test the scale with this one, and damn it, we are. We sure are. Style and tone. I don't know if this falls into directing or not, but the way that Dennis Dugan shoots this thing has a lot to do with the style and the tone of it. Yeah. So maybe we try to lump these together a little bit. But whenever you are doing a comedy, comedies are typically more evenly lit, brighter lit, so that you don't have to match up shots as much. It gives the actors room to play. So in the editing room, it's a little bit easier to throw it all together if there is anyone improving or whatever it might be. Usually in a comedy, people laugh, and it's really hard to get the good takes. Yeah. So you kind of have to throw it all together. So you evenly light it. The way he shot this thing is so damn bright, and it feels like an uncle standing over everyone holding a camcorder, (laughs) aiming it down at all times, that I I couldn't stop being annoyed at it. Like, it's the same camera angle the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. There's nothing interesting happening with the camera here, and it is overlit. And it's hard to believe that this is the same guy who did I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry and You Don't Mess With The Zone. It's so hard to believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For style and tone, oh, God. Um, Zero. Yeah. For director, he made a movie, and that's hard to do. One. All right. I'm I'm okay with that. That's just he made a movie. It's hard respect, to do. I guess you know. I, it's, I don't know. It's a whole ninety-one minutes it. long. So there you go. You know, have props. you made a movie? Never made a movie. Well, no, and that 
Not one that was released theatrically. Hold on. Go into Pornhub now. <laughs> Let's talk about music. This actually surprised me and made me a little upset. What do you got? Rupert Gregson Williams. Jeez. Well, he is kind of like the the canned family film guy. That's true. A lot of and, the time. and of course, uh, Waddy Wachtel. Him and Jerry Wachtel. Goldsmith, usually. Waddy Wachtel, who does like all of the Adam Sandler movies. That is a great name that should be rewarded. He's also one of those musicians that's like on everybody's record. He's, you know, a studio sure. performer. So like he's he's performed with Stevie Nicks and then in 1998 he pleaded no contest to having child pornography and oh. he still has a, a career and I don't know. But uh um, I was going to give him a bump and now I cannot. <laughs> the Wadi Wachtel bump <laughs> just for the name. One. One because damn it there was hold on. Yeah. The Al Pacino Dunkachino rap. Three. Three. I like it. <laughs> I don't know why, but feels right. You're 100% right, though. The next category is not up to us. It is up to the people who went and paid money to see this movie. <laughs> Which is more than it should have been. Yeah, by a lot. This uh, The budget on this was $79 million. I would like to remind you that last week we talked about E.T. That was $10 million. This movie costs eight times what E.T. cost to make. <laughs> and that's just funny to me. It did gross $149 million against all odds. I can't believe it. Opened second at the box office behind Immortals. And then there were other movies that came out. It was 2011, sure. you know. <laughs> you know, it barely beat out Paranormal Activity 3 and the re-release of Footloose. Good for you. Man. So, slow week at the box office. It must have been. But it did make 189% of its budget, which is going to give it a 7. Jeez, that's disgusting, and Doesn't I hate Doesn't that it. hurt? Man. Do you want to hear what critics had to say about this thing? I would absolutely love to hear it. talking box office. Uh, Roger Ebert did not see the movie. Good just did not. Just did not. And there was actually like message boards asking, is Roger Ebert really not going to watch this and review it for us? <laughs> but I he did abstain. not. But the critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes, we'll go to the Rotten Tomatoes score later. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what it is. The critics' consensus is, although it features an inexplicably committed performance from Al Pacino, <laughs> Jack and Jill is impossible to recommend on any level whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. Eric D. Snyder from Film.com. He said, it is indeed every bit as lousy as it looks. So kudos to the marketing department, I guess. They nailed this one. <laughs> Amy Nicholson from Box Office Magazine at the time, and now you can listen to her with Paul Shear on the great, great podcast, Unspooled. She said, if Pacino on Sandler action is your trailer selling point, the movie better be brave enough to have Pacino bend him over. Heck, it's already doing the same to us. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. And then I got real tired of trying to find anyone that was fresh. Sure. Anyone. And this got a two out of five on filmcritic.com from Christopher Null. He said, bad, but not abysmal. Okay. So that's the fresh one. Yeah, that's, that's as good as it gets for this movie. <laughs> and I only pulled one thing off Letterboxd, because weirdly enough, everyone just wanted to talk about Dunkachinos. Well, yeah, naturally. They're delicious. Or like they gave the snarky five star. Right. So the only one I pulled off is from January 4th, 2021. And it's an Al Pacino quote that says, I can smell horny across an ocean. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Do we have to bump up screenplay now? <laughs> we sure don't. <laughs> wow. That paints a good picture of what this movie is like. Oh, the best picture. 
Let's talk about its impact on the industry. I think the only way to appropriately do this is to talk about the Razzie Awards. Oh, this movie, when it comes to the Razzies. As of six days ago, it still holds the record for the most Razzie Awards. Yeah, well. Still. It swept the Razzies. It did. There were only 10 categories in the Razzies. It was nominated 12 times. Yep, because worst supporting actress, David Spade. <laughs> Amazing. Worst director, Dennis Dugan, for Just Go With It. Did he direct that too and he, he lost for that too? Or uh, Yeah, he also directed that and lost for that. Jesus or won, Christ. however you view it. However you want to do it. Uh, worst screenplay. Yep. Worst screen couple is Adam Sandler, Katie Holmes, and Al Pacino. <laughs> And it says Adam Sandler and either Katie Holmes, Al Pacino, or Adam Sandler. It's very confusing. Uh, worst ensemble to the entire cast. To the entire cast. Worst picture. That's uh, a big one. This, this one. Uh, worst actor. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Worst actress. Adam also Sandler. Adam Sandler. <laughs> worst supporting actor, Al Pacino. Worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel, because it's a sort of remake or ripoff of Ed Wood's Glenn or Glenda. That's right. And it got nominated for worst supporting actor, Nick Swardson. He was too good. And it got nominated for Worst Supporting Actress, Katie Holmes. But again, she was too good. She, she in doing nothing, she was better than David Spade. Uh, do you want to give a Razzie's bump? I mean, it's historic in a way. A negative impact is still an impact. Six. I don't know. That feels okay. <laughs> I don't sure. know. Do you have a better number that just comes to your gut and feels right? Five. Yeah, that one too. Let's do that. So different from what you said. I don't know why I reacted so viscerally. <laughs> That is going to give Jack and Jill a total score of 20. We are safe this week by a lot. Yeah, that feels super high, to be honest. It is super high because the critical score on this is a 3%. Oh, okay. And the audience score is a 36%. So oh. we are right in the middle of it. We did it. Completely We avoided, avoided both edges. But this is one of the worst movies ever made, according to a lot of different lists. And we still gave it a 20. So maybe we need to be a little more harsh with our, our scoring. You might be right after all. And I guess it's the part of the show where we say, what are we talking about next week? And Brian, you're not going to beer me a movie and I'm not going to beer you a movie because it is the last week of the month. So the audience is going to beer us a movie. The end of November means that we are getting beered from your suggestions and we have assembled quite a list over the course of this month. We have. And if you're a patron, we had to kind of skirt the rules a little because that's just too smart. You're, you're clever. You found the loophole. You did find a loophole. It's one we can't disagree with. So as a patron, you can either submit a movie and have it count twice, or you can just submit two movies. Yeah. But as a patron, you get two slots on the random list. And as a, a cheap normie who doesn't <laughs> want to be a Patreon subscriber for only as little as $1 a month to get a crap load of content. And also to benefit children in hospitals right now. This month. That's right. You only get one pick. Because you're mean to kids. One That's pick. That's right. <laughs> so, Brian, why don't you hit that button and tell everybody what we're talking about next week, courtesy of our audience. All right, audience, beer us a movie. Hit that magic button, and we're going to be talking about Michael Carlstrom's pick of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I am so fired up for I knew his other pick, too, so I was just excited yeah. it was gonna be a banger no matter which one it was from him i'm just so happy that we get more Clooney already have you ever seen a brother where art thou 
I have seen Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, of course, from 2000, directed by Joel Cohen. It's a Cohen Brothers. It is, it is a Cohen Brothers. It is directed by Joel, but it's written by the brothers. It's one of my favorite Cohen Brothers movies, if not it my favorite Cohen Brothers movie. Phenomenal. And it wasn't the only one on the list. But, no, it was uh, not. Spoilers. Yep. It's a living list. You can write in, change whatever you want. We'll exactly. The changes. Keep adding to it. Let's have a ball. It's a whatever lot of fun. Whatever you want to see, you shoot it our way and we will add it to the list or change whatever your pick already is if you've already submitted something. Or if you've suddenly joined Patreon and want to send us a second pick, you're allowed to Which do Which is that what too. you should do. That is the move right now, especially this month. For the kids. For the kids. For the kids, a different Coen Brothers movie. That's Hudsucker Proxy, but still counts. Still, still counts. Still counts. Still the Coens. There you go. Next week, go brother art thou. Until then, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month to support the kids and to get all that content, including this month's episode with Dave Novak on David Bowie's 1972 album, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, colloquially just known as Ziggy Stardust. There you go. You can email us your questions and comments at beermeamoviepod at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on all the social media at beermeamovie, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Twitch and Beer Me a Movie Pod on Twitter. Right. And if you have a question about a movie that we've talked about in the past, because we kind of want to keep the surprises going. So we're not really posting all that much about what we're going to be talking about this week. Just write in on an episode post of I have a question or a comment about this movie and we'll yeah, get to it. Exactly. On a, on a future episode. Kind of like this. <laughs> For example, <laughs> Greg asked us uh, about our Ocean's Eleven episode, episode one. Post-episode question, if you could hang out with any one of these characters, grab a beer, hang, put on the show, who would it be? And I feel like I have different answers for all three of those. Grab a beer, hang out, and put on the show. What do you got? Well, grab a beer. I think I want to grab a beer with Danny Ocean. I think I do, too. I want nothing to do with Brad Pitt. Oh, see, I was going to hang with Brad Pitt. I was going to no, hang with he's Rusty. Way too cool for me, I feel like. Well, that's like, why you got to cool hang out with just... him. No, because you're going to look like such a piece of shit next to him. I, I can't deal with that. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't need that. I feel like you'd, you'd at least you could do the, the Mac or the you end up doing the Danny DeVito and just picking up the scraps. <laughs> that might be the case. So get a beer, right. pick the, the brain of Danny Ocean, hang out with Rusty, and I want to put um, Basher on the show. He'd be very good on the show. No one have any clue what he's saying. No, that's half the fun of it. I'm fully in. I think I want to hang out with the twins. Okay, yeah. Mostly because like, I wouldn't have to do any of the talking, because no. they wouldn't be interested in me at all, and I would just be entertained the whole time. It's pretty established that they're obnoxious to hang out with, though. I mean, they make yeah. Damon run into a building. They sure did. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Maybe it would be a quick hang. I don't know. Quick That's hang fair. still count. Quick hang still count. Hey, I got to get my beauty rest, so quick hang. That's right. So there you go, Greg. Probably not what you wanted, but it's what you got. That's pretty much all we're good for these days. <laughs> That's true. Brian, you got anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. We're going to see you guys next week for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? We'll see you then. I'm a Dapper Den Frog, so I can't wait till next week. See you then.